Chapter 11 When I've finished talking, it's pretty late. Sakura listens intently the whole time, resting her head in her hands on the kitchen table. I tell her that I'm actually 15. In junior high, that I stole my father's money and ran away from my home in Nakano Ward in Tokyo. That I'm staying in a hotel in Takamatsu and spending my days reading at a library. That all of a sudden, I found myself collapsed outside a shrine covered with blood. Everything. Well, almost everything. Not the important stuff I can't talk about. So your mother left home with your older sister when you were only four, leaving you and your father behind. I take the photo of my sister and me at the shore from my wallet and show her. This is my sister, I say. Sakura looks at the photo for a while, then hands it back without a word. I haven't seen her since then, I say, or my mum. She's never been in touch and I have no idea where she is. I don't even remember what she looks like. There aren't any photos of her left. I remember her smell, her touch, but not her face. Hmm, Sakura says. Head in her hand still, she narrows her eyes and looks at me. Must have been hard on you. Yeah, I guess. She continues to gaze at me silently. So you didn't get along with your dad? She asks after a while. Didn't get along? How am I supposed to answer that? I don't say anything, just shake my head. Silly question, of course, you don't. Otherwise, you wouldn't have run away, Sakura says. So, anyway, you left your home and today you suddenly lost consciousness or your memory or something. Yeah. Did that ever happen before? Sometimes, I tell her honestly. I fly into a rage and it's as if I blow a fuse. As if somebody pushes a switch in my head and my body does its thing before my mind can catch up. It's as if I'm here, but in a way it's not me. You lose control and do something violent, you mean? It's happened a few times, yeah. Have you hurt anybody? I nod. Twice I did. Nothing serious. She thinks about this. Is that what happened this time? I shake my head. This is the first time something this bad's happened. This time... I don't know how it started and I can't remember what happened at all. It's as if my memory was wiped clean. It never was this bad before. She looks at the t-shirt I pull out of my backpack, carefully checking the stain of blood I couldn't wash out. So the last thing you remember is eating dinner, right? At a restaurant near the station? I nod. And everything after that's a blank. The next thing you knew, you were lying in the bushes behind that shrine. About four hours later, your shirt covered in blood and your left shoulder aching. I give her another nod. She brings over a city map from somewhere and checks the distance between the station and the shrine. It's not so far, but it would take a while to walk. But why would you have been over there in the first place? It's the opposite direction from your hotel. Have you ever gone there before? Never. Take your shirt off for a minute, she says. I strip to the waist and she walks behind me and grabs my left shoulder. Her finger digs into my flesh and I can't help but gasp. This girl's pretty strong. Does it hurt? Damn right it does, I say. You hit something pretty hard or something hit you. I don't remember a thing. Anyway, nothing's broken, she says. She proceeds to prod around the sore spot and aside from the pain, her finger feel, fingers feel really nice. When I tell her so, she smiles. 
I've always been good at giving massages. It's a useful skill for a hairdresser. She keeps on massaging my so shoulder. Doesn't look like anything major. Give it a good night's sleep and you should feel better. She picks up my t-shirt, puts it in a plastic bag and tosses it in, in the bin. My check shirt she gives a once over and throws in the washing machine. She rummages around in a chest of drawers and comes up with a white t-shirt she hands me. A brand new shirt that says Maui, whale watching cruise on it with a picture of a whale's tail sticking out of the water. This is the biggest shirt I could find. It's not mine, but don't worry about it. It's just a souvenir from somebody. Might not be your style, but give it a try. I tuck the t-shirt on, which fits perfectly. You can keep it if you want, she says. I thank her. So you never had such a total memory loss before, she asks. I nod, then close my eyes, feeling the t-shirt, taking in its new smell. Sakura, I am really frightened, I tell her. I don't know what to do. I don't have any memory of hurting anybody. Whatever it was covered me in blood. But I can't remember anything. If I committed a crime, I am still legally, legally responsible, right? Whether I have a memory of it or not. Maybe it was just a nosebleed. Somebody was walking down the street, bumped into a telephone pole and got a bloody nose. And all you did was help them out, see? I understand why you are worried, but let's not uh, try to think about worst case scenarios, okay? At least not tonight. In the morning, we can look in the paper, watch the news on TV. If something terrible really happened, we'll know about it. Then we can consider our options. There's plenty of reasons why someone might get blood on them, and most of the time, it's not nearly as bad as it looks. I'm a girl, so I'm used to seeing blood. I see that much blood every month. You know what I mean? I nod and feel myself blushing a little. She scoops a little Nescafe into a big cup and heats some water in a small pan. She smokes, waiting for the water to boil. She takes a couple of puffs, then extinguishes the cigarette with tap water. I catch a whiff of menthol. I don't mean to pry, but there's something I want to ask you. Do you mind? I don't mind, I tell her. Your older sister was adopted. They got her from somewhere before you were born, right? That's right, I reply. I don't know why, but my parents adopted her, adopted her and after that I was born. Not exactly what they had in mind, I imagine. So you're definitely the child of your mother and father. As far as I know, I tell her. But uh, when your mother left, she didn't take you, uh, but took your sister, who's unrelated to her, Sakura says. Not what you would normally expect a woman to do. I don't say anything. Why would she do that? I shake my head. I have no idea, I tell her. I've asked myself the same question a million times. That must have hurt. Did it? I don't know. But if I get married someday, I don't think I'll have kids. I wouldn't have any idea how to get along with them if I did. My situation wasn't as complicated as yours, she says. But I didn't get along with my parents for a long time and I got mixed up in a lot of stupid things because of it. So I know how you feel. But it's not a good idea to make decisions so soon. There's no such thing as absolutes. She stands in front of the kitchen stove and sips an Nescafe, steam rising from the large cup. The cup has a drawing of the Moomin cartoon characters on it. She doesn't say anything and neither do I. 
Do you have anybody, relatives or somebody who can help? She asks after a while. No, I say. My father's parents died a long time ago and he doesn't have any brothers, sisters, uncles or aunts. Not one. Not that I can prove this, but I do know I do know he never had anything to do with any relatives. And I never heard anything about relatives on my mother's side. I mean, I don't even know my mother's name, so how was I supposed to know about her relatives? Your father sounds like an alien from outer space or something, Sakura says. Like he came from some far-off planet, took on human form, kidnapped an earth woman and then had you, just so he could have more descendants. Your mother found out, got frightened and ran away, like in some film noir, science fiction flick. I have no idea what to say. Joking aside, she says, and smiles broadly to show that she means it, my point is, in this whole wide world, the only person you can depend on is you. I guess so. She stands there leaning against the sink, drinking her coffee. I have to get some sleep, she says, as if suddenly remembering. It's past three. I have to get up at 7.30, so I won't get much. But a little's better than none. I hate going to work on no sleep at all. So, what are you going to do? I have my sleeping bag with me, I tell her. So, if it's no bother, I'll just crash out in a corner. I take my tightly rolled up sleeping bag out of my backpack and spread it out and fluff it up. She watches impressed, a regular boy scout, she says. After she turns out the light and gets into bed, I climb into my sleeping bag, shut my eyes and try to go to sleep. But I can't stop picturing that blood-stained white t-shirt. I still feel that burning sensation in my palm. I open my eyes and stare at the ceiling. A floor creaks somewhere, somebody turns on a tap and again I hear an ambulance in the night. Far off but echoing sharply in the darkness. Can't fall asleep, she whispers in the dark. No, I say. Me neither. Shouldn't have had that coffee. That was dumb. Switches on her bedside light, checks the time, then turns the light off. Don't get me wrong, she says, but if you would like to come over here, you can. I can't sleep either. I slip out of my sleeping bag and climb into bed with her. I'm wearing boxers and their t-shirt. She has on a pair of light pink pajamas. I have a steady boyfriend in Tokyo, she tells me. He's not much to brag about, but he's my guy. So I don't have sex with anybody else. I might not look like it, but when it comes to sex, I am pretty straight-laced. Call me old-fashioned. I wasn't always that way. I used to be pretty wild. But I don't fool around anymore. So don't get any ideas, okay? Just think of us as brother and sister. Understand? Gotcha, I tell her. She puts her arms around me, hugs me close, rests her cheek on my forehead. You poor thing, she says. I don't need to tell you that I get a hard-on right away. Big time. And it couldn't help rubbing up against her thigh. My oh my, she says. Sorry, I tell her. I didn't mean to. It's okay, she says. I know what an inconvenience it is. Nothing you can do to stop it. I nod in the darkness. She hesitates for a moment, then lowers my boxes, pulls out my rock-hard cock and cradles it gently in her hand, as if she is making sure of something, the way a doctor takes a pulse. With a soft hand touching me, I feel something, a stray thought maybe, spring up in my crotch. How old would your sister be now? 21, I say, six years older than me. 
She thinks about this for a while. Do you want to see her? Maybe, I say. Maybe? Her hand grasps my cock a little harder. What do you mean, maybe? You really don't want to see her that much? I don't know what we talk about and she might not want to see me. Uh, same thing with my mother. Maybe neither one of them wants to have anything to do with me. No one's searching for me. I mean, they left and everything. Without me, I complete the thought. She doesn't say anything. Her hand on my cock loosens a bit, then tightens. In time, this, with this, my cock relaxes, then gets even harder. You want to come? She asks. Maybe, I say, again with the maybes. Very much, I correct myself. She sighs lightly and slowly begins to move her hand. It feels out of this world. Not just an up and down motion, but more of an all over massage. Her fingers gently stroke my cock and my balls. I close my eyes and let out a big sigh. You can't touch me and when you are about to come, let me know so you don't mess up the sheets. Okay, I say. How is it? I'm pretty good, eh? Fantastic. As I was telling you, I'm very nimble figured, but this isn't sex, okay? I'm just helping you relax is what it is. You've had a rough day, you're all tense and you're not going to sleep well unless we do something about it. Got it? Yeah, I get it, I say. But I do have one request. What's that? Is it okay if I imagine you naked? Her hand stops and she looks me in the eye. You want to imagine me naked while we are doing this? Yeah, I've been trying to keep from imagining that, but I can't. Really? It's like a TV you can't turn off. She laughs. I don't get it. You didn't have to tell me that. Why don't you just go ahead and imagine what you want? You don't need my permission. How can I know what's in your head? I can't help it. Imagining something's very important. So I thought I'd better tell you. It has nothing to do with whether you know or not. You are some kind of a polite boy, aren't you? She says, impressed. I guess it's nice though that you wanted to let me know. All right, permission granted. Go ahead and picture me nude. Thanks, I say. How is it? Is my body nice? It's amazing, I reply. This language sensation spreads over my lower half like a liquid floating to the surface. When I tell her, she grabs some tissues from the bedside and I come over and over like crazy. A little while later, she goes to the kitchen, tosses away the tissues and rinses her hand. Sorry, I say. It's all right, she says, snuggling back into bed. No need to apologize. It's just a part of your body. So, do you feel better? Definitely. I'm glad, she thinks for a while then says, I was thinking how nice it would be if I was your real sister. Me too, I say. She lightly touches my hair. I'm going to sleep now, so why don't you go back to your sleeping bag? I can't sleep well unless I'm alone and I don't want your hard-on poking me all night, okay? I go back to my sleeping bag and close my eyes. This time I can't sleep. A deep, deep sleep. Maybe the deepest since I ran away from home. It's as if I am in some huge lift that slowly, silently carries me deeper and deeper underground. Finally, all light has disappeared. All sound faded away. When I wake up, Sakura's left for work. It's 9am. My shoulder hardly aches at all anymore. Just as she said, on the kitchen table, I find a morning paper, a note and a key. Her note says, I watched the TV news at 7 and looked all through the paper, but there weren't any bloody incidents reported around here. 
So, I do not think that blood was anything good news. Eh? There is not much in the fridge, but help yourself and make use of whatever you need around the house. If you are not planning to go anywhere, feel free to hang out here. Just put the key under the doormat if you go out. I take a carton of milk from the fridge, check the expiry date and pour it over some cornflakes. Boil some water and make a cup of Darjeeling tea. Toast two slices of bread and eat them with low-fat mark green. Then I open the newspaper and scan the local news. As she said, no violent crimes in the headlines. I let out a sigh of relief, fold up the paper and put it back where it was. At least I won't have to run all over the city trying to evade the police. But I decide it's better not to go back to the hotel just to play it safe. I still don't know what happened during those last four hours. I call the hotel. A man answers and I don't recognize his voice. I tell him something's come up and I have to check out. I try my best to sound grown up. I've paid in advance so it shouldn't be a problem. There are some personal effects in the room, I tell him, but uh, they can be discarded. He checks the computer and sees that the bill's up to date, everything's in order, Mr. Tamura, he says. You're all checked out. The key's a plastic card, so there's no need to return it. I thank him and hang up. I take a shower. Sakura's underwear and tights are drying in the bathroom. I try not to look at them and concentrate on my usual job of thoroughly scrubbing myself. And I try my best not to think about last night. I brush my teeth and put on a clean pair of pants, roll up my sleeping bag and stuff into stuff it into my backpack. Then wash my dirty clothes in the washing machine. There's no dryer, so after they go through the wringer, I fold them up and put them in a plastic bag and into my pack. I can always dry them at a launderette later on. I wash all the dishes piled up in the sink, let them drain dry them and put them back on the shelf. Then I straighten up the contents of the fridge and toss out whatever's gone bad. Some of the food stinks, moldy broccoli, an ancient rubbery cucumber, a packet of tofu well past its expiry date. I take whatever's still edible, transfer it into new containers and wipe out some spilled sauce. I throw out all the cigarette butts, make a neat stack of the scattered old newspapers and run a hoover around the place. Sakura might be good at giving a massage, but when it comes to keeping house, she's a disaster. I iron the shirt she is crammed in the chest of drawers and think about going shopping and making dinner. At home, I try to take care of household chores myself, so none of this is any trouble. But making dinner, I decide might be going too far. Finished with all that, I sit at the kitchen table and look around the apartment. I know I can't stay here forever. I'd have a semi-permanent hard-on with semi-permanent fantasies. Can't avoid looking at those tiny black panties hanging in the bathroom. Can't keep asking her permission to let my imagination roam. But most of all, I can't forget what she did for me last night. I leave a note for Sakura saying, using the blunt pencil and the memo pad beside the phone. Thanks. You really saved me. I'm sorry I woke you up so late last night but you are the only one I could count on. I stop for a moment to think what I should write next and do a 360 of the room as I am thinking. Thanks for letting me stay over. I am grateful you said I could stay here as long as I liked it. It would be nice if I could, but I don't think I should bother you anymore. <laughs>
there are all sorts of reasons I won't go into. I have got to make it on my own. I hope you will still think kindly of me the next time I am in a jam. I stop again. Someone in the neighborhood's got their TV on at full volume. One of those morning talk shows for housewives. The people on the show all yelling at each other and commercials just as loud and obnoxious. I sit at the table, spinning the blunt pencil in my hand, pulling my thoughts together. To tell you the truth, though I don't think I deserve your kindness, I'm trying my best to be a much better person, but things aren't going so well. The next time we meet, I hope I'll have my act together. Whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. Thanks for last night. It was wonderful. I slip the note under a cup, shoulder my backpack and head out of the apartment. Leaving the key under the doormat as she told me. A black and white spotted cat's lying in the middle of the stairs, taking a nap. It must be used to people because it doesn't make a move to get up as I go down the stairs. I sit down beside it and stroke his large body for a while. The feel of his fur brings back memories. The cat narrows his eyes and starts to purr. We sit there on the stairs for a long time, each enjoying his own version of this intimate feeling. Eventually, I tell him goodbye and walk down the road. A fine rain's begun to fall. Having checked out of the hotel and left Sakura's, I have no idea where I'll spend the night. Before the sun sets, I've got to find a roof to sleep under, somewhere safe. I don't know where to begin, but I decide to take the train out to Komura Library. Once I get there, something will work out. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling it will. Fate seems to be taking me in some even stranger directions.